Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk Records. This is the podcast where we exchange albums to be compared, dismantled, and studied. I'm Jen Evans, and I'm here with Emily McLeod, and this is the first episode. <laughs> hey! <laughs> it's our first podcast. We should introduce ourselves, probably. Sure, um, yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure. So um, I'm Jen. I am a freelance artist and illustrator living in Boston currently. I've been here for the last seven years, eight years, something crazy like that. Um, grew up in New Hampshire. Um, me and Emily grew up together. Uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been in Boston ever since um, doing art, working a day job, <laughs> and going to as many shows as I can. Um, so of course, you know, it wouldn't be right without mentioning the time we're in. So uh, folks like me, I think, are looking for a new way to explore and absorb music. Mm -hmm. um, so this was born a little bit out of that, I think. Um, definitely there's more to, I love live music, but there's more to celebrate than just mourn the loss of a show. So I love that. That's such a great description of you. <laughs> yeah i've got it down to like an elevator pitch now so i love it so uh so what's what's on your end where you are um so i i'm emily i live in new hampshire um in manchester and i currently i work in the tech industry um but i'm going back to school for wildlife conservation um i I am married to my wife, Megan. We have a Maine Coon cat named Felix that I'll probably talk a lot about on here. I love fishing and music and bugs and collecting bones and learning about birds of prey. <laughs> that's a, such a strange mishmash of things. That's, the, that's, that's you, though. That's the soup of you, so you got it. And like you, <laughs> like Jen, I do enjoy live music. Perhaps not in the same way and depth that Jen does, but um, I've endured many concerts with Jen in which I was terrified and many concerts with Jen in which I was happily blissful. So <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about those, we'll talk those times. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, I mean, we can talk about how we met. Sure. So we met when we were six. <laughs> Um, and we are both 27 now, so we've been friends for 21 years, um, and I was doing the math on it, actually, and, um, what, I moved away when I was nine, so. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do the math on that, I lied. So for a number of years, we've been, <laughs> we've been doing the long distance thing, too. Uh, so it's been an interesting thing during this whole, um, pandemic post world where, our relationship really hasn't changed that much. Right. Um, which has been kind of cool. If anything, it's a constant. Yeah. I, that was one thing that wasn't like ripped away from me is like, I would love to see you every day, but that's just not the reality that we've had. Right. So, but we've learned to connect in other ways and like communicate in the way that works for us to be long distance for so long, which I think is really cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's been a sense of comfort for me. I hope it has been for you. Yeah. It definitely has. I think it's worth mentioning too that like so much of our friendship 
and I, I didn't really realize this until you had mentioned it, but like so much of our getting together and like just what has kept us like close this whole time over 21 years has been music, which is really fun. Yep. To think about. Like, 12 years. We have been longer as friends apart than we have as friends that have seen each other on a day-to-day -day basis. So. Yep. I mean, you have to find those ways. And I think music has been one of those channels. I mean, I was super excited this week listening to these things and not only thinking about what I took away, but kind of thinking about the ways in which I know how you think and yeah. what you're going to say. So I think that was kind of cool to go into it that way. Listen to music and literally place yourself from the perspective of someone else or try. Yeah. Um, yeah. The two albums that we're talking about this week are definitely the origin story of the um the podcast mm -hmm. um both albums came out on july 24th so that was yeah. not this past friday but the friday before um they both came out the same day um and i think you picked up right away when i told you that one of the albums seemed to be like the other because yeah. one had the advantage of the world knowing it existed and everyone celebrating it. And the other one was a smaller group of people, <laughs> but um, you, you kind of took that and ran with it right away. Um, and we found of just so much crossover in these two yeah. unlikely releases. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's kind of what inspired everything. So I, I think that's great that we get to start off that way. Yeah. So okay. I, I guess I, I have to know. Uh, we'll just jump right in. I mean, I so I gave Emily neck deeps. All distortions are intentional, and you gave me. I gave you folklore by Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, we're both. We both kind of gave each other that one. We'll give, yes. we'll give, uh, that one was well, with the territory of living in a folklore world, right? Yeah, and that's where the whole conversation started, was about that album. So, yeah, you know, I said to you, I was like, I listened to it and I can't talk about it yet. And then a couple of days later, I sent you paragraph upon paragraph of, of how I felt about the album. And you sent me how you felt about it. And then I was like, so when do we start a podcast? And that was it. That was yeah, because I'd been sending you tracks from Neck Deep for months. Yeah. To be fair, for they got a they got a head up on this release. So I think it was like once Taylor released Folklore and we heard the rest of Neck Deep, it clicked and we just had to do this. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I I mean I think it's you know, obviously we'll jump we'll jump in track by track, but it's important to talk about the parallels that we drew between both albums, which was a really cool and neat discovery once we started really listening to both together, which is, yeah. it, it's just- That was a whole new experience. It totally was. And I hope, I mean, I'm really excited for the future to see if that continues with yeah the albums that we pick at the end of this podcast for each other. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I felt like, I mean, obviously, just reading about both albums, both of them are written about fictional characters, which was a really yes. 
really fun thing. So, and obviously both albums were, were released at the same time. And to me, the concept of both albums, while different, both touch upon similar themes, which is love and dealing with the ups and downs of life and like feeling depressed, but also having these really high highs and these really low lows. And there's some songs like that we identified together that are, what did you say? They were like cousins of each cousins. other. Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they honestly, it sounds like someone could have walked from one room after finishing one song to go and help write the other one. And it's very cool because we know that both albums were written at different time periods. Um, I mean, we know Neck Deep had been working on this last year into this year. And yeah. then I assume, I guess I don't know for sure, but I, I think Folklore is a product of Taylor Swift and Quarantine, correct? Is, yeah, she very much solidified that this entire album was written was written and put together over quarantine. So whether or not there were pieces of a song that were written before that, that she put together over quarantine, I don't know. But but yeah, yeah, this was a product of her just being alone and writing, and which was a really incredible project to produce out of something really dark and weird in our time, so. Yeah. Yes, yep. Things under pressure make you work a little better. Maybe it was the same thing with yeah. um, feeling uncertain about the world that she was able to channel that one. Yeah, I agree. The two songs that we felt like were cousins and we'll talk <laughs> more about these songs in, in our track by track, but um, there's a song on folklore called Invisible String and a song on uh, All Distortions Are Intentional called Little Dove. And you described them so perfectly you called them both plucky, which is like perfect, perfectly describes the guitar style in both. But also you yeah. said that Invisible String is a Saturday early afternoon and Little Dove is a Tuesday evening. Or Invisible String is a walk through the park and Little Dove is a quiet rooftop at night. And I just had to share that because it was such a beautifully put description of how both songs are so similar. So I just I had to share that because you just wrote you you perfectly described it. You wrote it so well. Thank you. I think that was really the link between both for me. Yeah. Um I think hearing Little Dove was kind of the point where I was like, Emily, you have to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to tell me how you feel. And I, I love that that connection was born and we could look at more. I mean, I that's those two songs, literally, that's what I mean. Someone could have sat down in studio and played guitar on one and then literally walked next door and continued it. Mm -hmm. They both have this, um, what I feel like weaving sounds like if yeah. it were to be musical. Yeah, I loved, oh yeah, I forgot that you described it like that too. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> that's all I can think about is just someone weaving. Like, And I guess a lot can be said because they're both surrounding folklore fairy tale kind of atmospheres on the album but it's like someone's weaving the songs i think that that is the direct connection between both albums it's yeah. i just would do anything for taylor swift to hear a little dove at this point know. we know neck deep is easily going to hear invisible string but taylor you need to listen to all distortions are intentional <laughs> I would love to have a neck deep cover of invisible string. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I'm going to reach for the straws that I know are, are available. And that one, that one's more likely than the other way around, but 
I guess I am really curious to get a couple first impressions out of the way okay. before we really jump in. Okay. We can start with Taylor. I think we both ended up writing notes on Taylor first, so that must yeah, mean it, something. Yeah, I did. I started with Taylor. Give give us give us a little rundown of how she presented this one. Yeah, so she wrote this really beautiful introduction to the album. Um, just talking about how it started with imagery, uh, which I really love. And, you know, she had mentioned that she had written it over quarantine, which is just really powerful in and of itself. Um, and, you know, I think to me, and I guess this is kind of almost jumping into a first impression, I've, I've been a fan of Taylor, but I... I was so impressed with this album as far as I actually feel like she took a big risk as an artist. Um, and a lot of her personality like rings true through the whole album. You know, she's very much like a fairy tale type of mystical uh, person when it comes to like writing style, like her stylistic writing. But I, my first impression of it you know my my wife had actually texted me she was like you have to listen to this album and then um I think you had sent it to me too the same day I think so yeah, yeah I listened to it when it came out so I guess that was my first impression of it yeah, was I was up and I was like why not join this party like because I like I feel the same way as you do I there are Taylor songs that I like. Yes, I think 1989 is a masterpiece, but yeah. this one spoke to me a little differently. Um, so that first initial listen through got me. It got me just as much as everyone else on online mm -hmm. as I watched Twitter explode that night. Like I said, I've always had a lot of respect for her because she, she works with Jack Antonoff, which was a guitarist and fun and has his old fun, yeah. band called Bleachers and he is an incredible, incredible artist to me and has written one of my favorite albums of all time. And so I have respect for Taylor for working with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I literally, Megan and I drove around the night I got home after she had sent me the album saying I needed to listen to it. And we drove to the airport in Manchester and it was sunset and it was literally just the perfect backdrop to listening to the album. And had, hairs were standing up on my arms. It was so good. So, wow. And I yeah. And I shared with you like I haven't felt this way about an album in a really long time. So it was a really yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's a piece. Like that. That's what speaks so much about this album is it's a full piece. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. It just like you're not necessarily like you haven't wrapped up your feelings in one song when that passes when that three minutes and whatever passes so it's nice to have the whole record to sit in yeah and not only that but when you get an album that you know is a concept album and you know is about characters that don't actually exist or whatever sometimes you get an artist that will be like oh yeah this album was written about this and uh hope you guys really like it and you like listen to it and you're like where the fuck is that where is that theme right yeah i don't hear it at all and this it was just in your face it was like these yeah. characters she wrote she wrote it so well and she really pulled it all together so that you listen to it. even if you hadn't read the description of the album or anything online 
you would walk over. Oh, yeah, you'd, you'd, yeah. yeah. Did you read the description first? I did, yeah, because in Apple Music, there's a really great little breakdown. Oh, yeah. see, I didn't. So I'm one of those people that listened to it a couple times and then saw that she had posted. So I, I kind of absorbed her, like, her preface of it after I had already made my own decisions and feelings about it. Mm, I love that. That's cool. Like and it's still st it's still st like stood. I I didn't feel like I wished I read that before. So I think I think it's great that it stands either way. So I have to ask you, what was <laughs> what was your gem? <laughs> and by gem, um, we decided we're each gonna pick our favorites off the album. Um, so you know, J E M gem, ha huh, us. Um, so what what was your gem on the album? My gem of the album was Mad Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's exciting. I know. What was yours? It was Invisible String. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt, I mean, Mad Woman. You want to talk about Mad Woman? I got some things to say about Mad Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. Um, first of all, Invisible String is my favorite song on the album. And okay. that's almost why I didn't pick it. Because I'm mm -hmm. like, this is like my favorite song. Like that's just how I felt about it. it was like this is my favorite song. Um, yeah. And then thinking about the gem, I'm like, what is something on this album that stands out to me the most? Mm -hmm. And it was this song. So to me, I mean, first of all, the piano in this song yeah. is so good. So it's you know it's a perfect song to describe the rage in a woman's soul when she's she's been fucked with. And I was. Yep. I was surprised to hear a song that angry by Taylor. Yes, I agree. I agree. Specifically the line, um, does she smile or does she mouth fuck you forever? Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. That one, I was like, okay, yep, nope. This is going to be a piece. Like she's not playing. She's not sugarcoating anything. I'm glad she said it. I liked the way that she said a lot of things in the song. It, it is very raw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's unlike her sugary, whimsy, glittery, swappable yeah. songs on the on the album. And you know, this is angry. Yet she's got this yeah. she's got this beautiful piano melody playing in the background. So that's what's so cool yeah. to me. Is you know, the lyrics are so heavy, like with rage. And I love that the theme of it is like, no, you made me this angry. This is what you do. Yeah, you you made her like that. I wrote that down because that's, I mean, we see it every day in society and all that, but it's true. And it, it just, it is such a strong sentiment. And it's something that's like, no, you did that. Just like every time you call me crazy, yeah, I get more crazy. Yeah. Uh, every time you call me angry, every time you say, say I seem angry. I think that choice of language is really interesting like I seem angry you say I seem angry even just saying like you're upset they're like you seem mad and it makes the situation worse and she really nailed that one mm -hmm. so well yeah I I just felt like that because that's really the the only song that's like this on the album that's yeah it's that raw yeah I mean it makes it makes me angry to listen to this song yeah but I think that's like the the beauty of that art yeah and it's such a feminist song too like you know yeah she's not, she's not letting this man 
trample her. She's she's like, no, fuck, I deserve to be mad because you made me this way. So that's well, and it's interesting that she touches about touches on the woman that he's involved with, saying mm-hmm. she should be mad mm-hmm. and all of the good wife stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a, I mean, that's not just how you feel as a woman. That's you know, her observation on like a situation involving another woman with this man as well. Right. Which is so mature of her to be like, she should be mad at you as well. I don't know. I just, it's good. I think she handled it. Yeah. Cause she, she could have been like, Oh, she's a bitch. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to stand with him. You're a bitch. But I like that. She kind of gave her some autonomy and she's like, wake up, man, you should be mad. Yeah. Like, look, look at what your, boyfriend, husband, whatever, your male friend, I don't know, is doing. But, like, you have the right and the ability and the validation to be mad. (laughs) So join me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so powerful. I love it. Tell me why you chose Invisible Strength. Unless you have more things to say about Mad Woman, but I'm excited. I think we've covered it. (laughs) (laughs) You say about it because it's my favorite song, like I said. (laughs) it's my favorite too and that's why i mean like how you now know i feel about mad women there are some other spaces on this album that i feel so strongly about within these songs but i think invisible string was just like the complete package Mm -hmm. so when i first heard it the very beginning all i could think was the beginning scene of Coraline. (laughs) this the sound is a little similar so it this is like a beautiful love song but mm-hmm. I think it has a little bit of a, a darkness to it. I mean, yeah. it's it's the story of, you know, that struggle until she kind of finds that that person that clicks with her. And I really liked that it was full circle like that. I liked that she was reading alone in the park in the beginning and then they're walking through the park later on. I liked the line about cold was the axe to grind um, for the the boys that broke my heart and now I send their baby's presence. That one, I don't know. I loved that. (laughs) I thought that was so great though. But also it's like a healed way to handle it. Yes. Yeah. She's like, okay, this is where I, you know, this is my past and I got over my past and like now I'm, I'm like not friendly, not, not friends, but friendly with these people who like hurt me. And I'm nice, and I send their babies presents. That's that's so smart, and like such a good line. Ugh. And it's almost like when you've healed, it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, I think sometimes there are situations in life where you kind of figure your way out of the paper bag, and once you get out, it's like you're so focused on breathing that like needed air, and you're just like enjoying how that feeling feels that the resentment kind of disappears. Yeah. So I liked that. Like it really spoke to how strong of a relationship she's talking about in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved her descriptions of time as you go through it. Yeah. Um, in the first like pre-chorus, yeah. it's like, were there clues I didn't see? And then, um, and there, she says something about time in the beginning, like in the first pre-chorus. And then by the second pre-chorus, she says, time, mystical time, cutting me open, healing me fine. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, like, that's a, that, like, if you just think visually about that, that language, yeah, 
that's kind of dark and it's like such a beautiful song and it's kind of like the song winds you through but you know you get these dark quick lyrics and it just keeps pushing you along i liked that juxtaposition i just i loved i loved this piece i'm yeah. so glad she wrote this piece i think it's just fantastic yeah nice job taylor yeah <laughs> you did it so good it's so good it's yeah i don't even have a way to describe it because you described it so so well and i'm so it's so cool that we both like took away that line and like i wrote that down and you wrote that down because that to me was like such a cool line so that's really fun to hear that we both took that same thing away from it so so we've got the one mm -hmm. which i think is a really great song about thinking you really had found the love of your found the love of your life and then i love how she's you know playing it cool in the beginning she's like i'm doing good i'm on some new shit I also love that I'm hearing Taylor swear in this album. Shit! I know, she said shit! I yes. was like, she swore! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Which is another risk, I feel like she, you know, when I talk about yeah. she's taking the album, like, that's a risk there. Like, her following has very much been, like, these younger women, but then these younger women who have followed Taylor through her whole career are older now. So, like... Right, they've grown up, too. Yeah. I mean... It's it's a cycle with your with your audience. I like that. Yeah, yeah it's nice. It, it made me feel like that's the way she really talks in real life. And it's like fine if you don't swear. If you're like one of you know if you're a real person, you don't swear. But I just got a sense, especially from this song, that this is more of how she would talk to a friend or anyone in her like in her real life. Yeah, like when you see someone and you're you're like brought back to a situation and you're just like preparing yourself <laughs> if you have to like kind of put that mask on I wondered if that was this I mean she does say like thought I saw you at the bus stop saw you saw your shadow in the grocery line or something yeah. so you're seeing that she's kind of like she's on edge through the song but she's trying to like you know I'm on my new shit yeah it's fine well I like that she's like I kind of feel like in the beginning of the song She's like, I'm good. I'm moving on. I'm fine. She's putting on this front. And then to your point, she's like, oh, I thought I saw you. And then it sort of spirals from there in my eyes. Like she gets caught up in the dream of what if in the song. She's like, do you think it's when she actually had the dream? Can I throw that at you? When she, I had it, what was, I had a dream last night that you met a girl on the internet. Yeah. Do you think that's what spiraled her? I didn't think of that until like right now, but. Yeah, it could have been. Was that a turning point? That could have been the turning point. I, I think there were many moments in the song where she's like, oh, oh. And like, she's like, I'm moving on and moving on. And then something pulls her back and she's like, thinking about it again. Like, what if you were the one, you know? What if we, yeah. what if we had ended up together, you know? And then, and that's such a great way to describe what it's like to to lose someone that way you're like i really thought sure we be together forever and then like you're like nope we're not like it's not it wasn't meant to be and then you're like everything reminds you of this person and you're like well, why is everything reminding me of this person if we weren't meant to be together you know right she keeps saying like oh well oh well oh well pretty much like mm -hmm. we could have you know had the rose but we don't and you didn't and all of that like very quickly so I didn't think about like that, like in the way that 
she was pulling herself from the edge. I, I kind of like read this one more as she like really was like, oh yeah, you're over there doing this and I'm over here doing this. But I, I kind of think, yeah, like a second look at it is like maybe everything's not what it seems on the surface of what she's even telling us. Yeah. Which it could be the opposite too. You know, like that's just my interpretation of it. Like maybe this song is her like being like, oh yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. So next we've got Cardigan. Mm -hmm. um, water sounds in the background. I have to get this out of the way right now. I kept, and I still do it sometimes. I'll like be sitting in my like studio space off the kitchen and it'll just be me like late at night. And I'll hear like pipes leaking. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I have a window next to me, so I know it's not raining. So I guess my mind just goes to like, oh no, there's like water in the kitchen. And I'm like, is the sink on? And then I pull my headphones out and silence. And I'm like, oh no, that's in the song. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. I had no Yeah, idea. if there's water, I don't know what the significance is besides the um, the music video, like water showing up in the music video. Maybe that was a thought, but there's, there's water in the background. And I still don't know what I think that means. I will have to listen to it again because I definitely did not pick up on that. That is so funny. And it's all I can hear now. I'm like, I mean, like, I still love the song, but it's it's like, I'm like, yep, there's the water. There's the pipes. Don't look at the pipes. There's no pipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Wow. So I thought that was interesting. So a little sound Easter egg, potentially. Yeah, that's cool. I wonder what it means. This is the single of the album. And the first thing for yeah. me, I, I usually always love the second or third single released off of an album more. I it, usually the first single I'm like this is good but it's not like a great introduction to the to the album as a whole and that's yeah kind of how I feel about it like cardigan is a great it is a great entry in intro into folklore but for me like having listened all the way through multiple times I don't feel like it totally captures the the essence of the album. I feel the same way yeah it's yeah it's it's all right. Yeah. I, I guess it was like a strong thought to have this represent an album like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that song would have been, I guess, if I'm really like thinking about what the right decision would have been. But yeah, yeah, it's the the video is beautiful, though. I, I do have to um, put some credit there. Did you end up seeing it? I did. I watched it. I, I mean, I shared with you that I'm super picky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really picky about it because in the past I've shared with you, like I'll listen to a song and I'll make my own music video in my head. Like I, yeah. I'll have an idea of what visually the, the music video would look like just based upon the song. And with Cardigan, it is not my favorite video I've ever seen. Like it actually, it was a little disappointing for me. I mean, it's all green screen. Like, if I want to just, like, throw the knife in the balloon right now, it's all green screen. And I kind of, I guess, being in this position of, like, world pandemic and knowing she just filmed this, I I went into it being like, oh, so, hmm, what did she do? Like, knowing what she usually does. Like, what did she do in, in pandemic version? Mm. Like, oh, it's it's all green screen. So I'm like, it's not that you could ever really create everything she did or most of it, but... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It. I guess it. 
it puts an interesting taste in my mouth. Yeah. I mean, I... But it's... It's... Fine. <laughs> I think the other... So, yes, to your point, watching it in, like, the water scene where she's, like, holding on to the piano and, like, stepping into the piano and then she's in this, like... Yeah. Very, like, Lisa Frank, like when she's near the waterfall and like there's all this greenery all around I was like these are cool concepts like I really enjoy them but I just felt like they weren't done well and that well there was no story for me yes to to pull it back to neck deep for a minute we're going to talk about the fact that they were also limited by green screen for at least one of their videos so we'll be able to kind of compare but I think it's it's interesting to see what artists are doing for videos they have to make like okay and then there's that other video that you sent me that was just like basically just b-roll and footage yeah from so you don't use spotify but i can tell you that those all of those i don't know which came first the, the what is it the cabin in the woods version or the ca candlelight cabin version um, all of that B-roll or most of that B-roll is all the, um, song visuals for Spotify. They just, but for me, that video actually correlated more with the song, even though it didn't yeah. story than the actual yeah. video did for the song. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, where that one lacked, I think the next track was fantastic. The Last Great American yeah. Dynasty blew me away. Yeah, I love that you love this song so much. Yeah, I, I I love a good story. And I love a good historical story, especially when it's someone around here. Yeah. Um, and that is what she did. So she wrote about Re Rebecca Harkness. Um, she was a social... It sounds like she was like a socialite. Wikipedia has her nailed as a patron of the arts, which I love. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> and, you know... Whenever she was with this was like 1950, 40 ish, 30 even. Um, whenever she was bopping around, that was a real job you could have. So, uh, she was she was from St. Louis. She met William Hale Harkness, um, and he was her second marriage actually. Um, but he was the heir to the Standard Oil business. Um, so when she married him, she immediately became one of the most wealthy women in America. Um, but it sounds like, you know, I was like, wow, what a, what a lifestyle adjustment. Oh, my God. But it kind of sounds like she wasn't too far off from the social life of it, at least before. So I don't know if this was as much of a shock. It was like, well, more things now where I can patron the arts <laughs> harder. <laughs> um, but so she, <laughs> so he died. Um, they don't talk about that much, so he died. And then um, she, it sounds like her friends came up, and they really were called the bitch pack. That's what they called themselves. I think that's what everyone else called them, too. They would get, like, really crazy and show up to really nice events. I think they were invited, because um, it sounds like they were all socialites. But they would spike the punch bowls with mineral oil. They would skinny dip. Um, they once filled a pool with Dom Perignon champagne. Um and apparently they really did steal someone's pet and dye them green. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool to like look at the portrait of a person like that. Yeah. Um, and then 
I couldn't help but think about how maybe this relates more to Taylor Swift's squad than mm -hmm. I don't know if she realized it when she bought the house. Like, I'm sure she got some sort of history when she bought that house in 2013. Right. Um, Cause it sounds like it's pretty infamous for around that area. Um, but I mean, she kind of moved in and almost took off where Rebecca left off. Maybe Taylor yeah. was a little less mischievous, but her parties and stuff, um, they really echo what Rebecca was doing in that space. Like that's, I'm going to get really like woo woo here for a second, but maybe there's some energy left behind yeah. in that space and it kind of inspired her. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, you know how I feel about energy. But, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, she died in 1982. So she could be reincarnated. Um, that's that would cool. also be just like a very fun supernatural <laughs> way. Rebecca Harkness wanted to come back, but she just wanted to be a pop star instead. Oh my God, that's such a fun. Isn't that neat? <laughs> She's like, yeah. so we're going to go back to my house though, and we're going to live there. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I think that that was a really cool realization to me because honestly, with the song, I kind of felt like it was the song that didn't fit the most on the album, like story wise. I agree. Yep but I still did enjoy it. And so I was like, I need to understand more like why this song is even on the album and what does it even mean? Who is this woman? And then to find out that Taylor actually bought the house. Like she, she wrote the song about the woman who owned the house that she bought in Rhode Island. I was like, Oh man, like that's cool. And yeah. I just thought that was so smart. And yeah, it, it was, it was good. I love that the music on this song is also like doubled a little bit so that you can really hear the storyline. I thought yes. that was really, I thought that that was really smart. I didn't think about that until you said that. Yeah, it, it definitely feels, and I said this to a friend, it feels kind of like an audio book, but musical, mm -hmm. but not a musical. And this one is yeah. one of those tracks that really feels like it, like someone singing a storybook to me. Mm-hmm. Now that you say that, it actually kind of does remind me of like a Broadway song. But, a like, little bit. I guess, you know, I keep saying like it's, but it's not a musical. This is right. easily a musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I also just there was, the line. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. What's you? I, well, I have a line too, so I'm interested what you picked out. I just love, I love at the end if she's like, I had a marvelous time ruining everything. Yeah. And, and it, it switches to her like it's it's Rebecca ruining everything and then it's like Taylor comes to town and she's yeah. like she's the new loudest woman in town yeah well there was a line that I wanted to talk about um because it took me a couple listens to catch it but I'm glad I did um because I just think this elevates the story so much crazier and kind of gives us a sense of like where Rebecca really was in the social world so there's a line that is losing on card game bets with Dolly. Mm -hmm. Do you know which Dolly she's referring to? Friends with Salvador Dolly. Oh my God. Isn't that wild? Mm -hmm. But that's, I mean, she was fucking like filling pools with very expensive champagne yeah. because she was friends with, Dolly. She was a patron of the arts because she was 
buying things from Dali. That is just incredible. Okay, that's cool. That is so that's so great i'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's such a big i'm glad i noticed yeah and that taylor included it that's cool i'm actually really glad that taylor like knows all of that information and like put a song together about it oh now it just has now it has more now the song has even more weight to me than it did before there's right so uh next next track Mm -hmm. the song is so good. Um, so Exile is the next song in the album. Um, and this song came on as we were parking in front of the airport and the sun was setting. That's when I first like heard the song. First of all, I'm a huge fan of Bon Iver. Like, I have been okay. a long time. So to find out that she had collaborated with him in a song was just a great thing to find out about. So I was really excited about that. Um, and I'm just so glad that the song exists. Like that's, it's just so good. It's so good. I don't even know. It was really hard for me to write about this song because the feelings reside inside of me and to like pull those feelings out and really like, talk about them was hard sure but bony bear's like low almost gurgly voice is like it's just so incredibly just intoxicating and taylor's voice is nice and low on this song too to match that yeah and something i talk about a lot throughout these songs is kind of how she's really stretched her voice to not be so like high where I kind of feel like she's yeah you know in previous albums she's really been in this like high register but in this song it's so low and it's so good and it's so breathy and oh it's just so good it's so good and like the overlap <laughs> towards the end of the song is magical like this is this I cried during the song. It was so good. It was so good. Even though I can't really relate to it in any specific way. It's just the way that she conveys the feelings that she wrote it out. It was so harsh, heavy, raw, emotional, pure. Like it was just so good. So you're not you're not gonna like what I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) And here it goes, folks. We're done. (laughs) Um, I didn't hate the song. Let me start off. I didn't hate the song. Um, no one come for me. I didn't hate this song. Um, I really have never listened to Bonnie Bear. Mm -hmm. I know who he is. I just have never taken the time. I don't even know if. I heard Skinny Love, if I could name it. So we're, we're there. So I was kind of going into this with like, okay, it's Bonnie Bear and he's, you know, very well. To me, it's just a guy so far. So his voice is great. I do, I didn't like hate him at all. I thought the song was a little oh. boring. 
Um, as you get into it, it's I, I do like as you get into the meat of the song, like that grows on me more. The lot the way they play off each other with those those lines, yep. how they're written, I think that is really clever and also it, it does perfectly encapsulate some of those situations um, within communication and like the breakdown relationship. So I really liked, you know, when he was like, you never gave me any warning signs and she's singing. I gave mm -hmm. so many um, the line. You're not my homeland anymore. Uh, that I mean, it's it's undeniably like a stab mm -hmm. in the heart. A hundred percent. I guess I just, I don't know. The music itself, I, the, some of the melodies were really striking, but I don't know. This one, everyone in the world is like crying when they're listening to this one and somehow yeah. I'm not. I think that maybe I have to gift you the, the album <laughs> Emma Forever Ago by Bon, bon Bear, And... Maybe once you listen okay. to that album and then you listen to the song, you'll feel different. I don't know. Or maybe you'll fucking hate Bon Iver and be like, it, it actually might have something to do with it because this song stylistically is very much heavily influenced by, I feel, by that album. And and he did help write the song. So you think that actually reflects right. correctly? Okay. That makes sense. I actually didn't even know that he helped write it. But um, but yeah, then, then yeah. Like that... that feeling that the the album Emma Forever Ago gives you if you're a, a fan of, of Bon Iver the same feeling resonates in this song on Taylor's album so that to me was super cool I can see how that would make sense and I guess I feel like everyone I have heard such strong reactions from they are Bon Iver yeah. fans like strong fans so hmm okay I it makes me I feel better. Like, there's there's maybe redemption to be had. I, I, I like that you don't enjoy this as much as me. Like I that's what's really cool about doing this. So Well, I hope your tears don't ricochet because <laughs> Taylor's are. <laughs> what a good what a good transition. So this one didn't get me right away, but then it grew on me. And the same thing, once you get into the meat of the song, um, I want to say the momentum of the sound, like as there's a build, there's a build that starts to, to kind of like accelerate. And when I really tapped into that, I very much appreciate this song. Mm -hmm. I love the line. I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that that is that was good. That is good. That is a good line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how did you feel? This to me is a classic Taylor song. Like, part of me wonders if she oh. even written it early on in the whole project because it reminds me a lot of her song. There's a song called "Delicate" from her album. Yep, yep. From her album "Reputation." That. I really actually like that song a lot, that, the delicate song. But this song, I do too. I didn't make that um, connection though. That's interesting that you did. Yeah, you should listen to that song and then listen to the song right after it. The build is the same, like that build you're talking. About, okay, it very much exists in the song "Delicate," so that's why I was like, oh my God, "Okay, I do so much of that." 
so that's why I'm kind of like, you know, talk about cousin songs. Like these songs could be twins. <laughs> there, I agree. Like there's something hollow about this song. Perhaps it's just like the style of her writing. But the song, the song's good. It tells it's a good song. It's not like it's not my favorite one. It's good, but yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, it has its moments. It's definitely like it's a great ending. I like that she kind of it quickly goes from a soft into a major end. Um, I loved the line, and I still talk to you when I'm screaming at the sky. Mm. Um, I thought that was great. Um, a lot of people think the and I can go anywhere I want, just not home line refers to her uh, huge, I don't even know what to call it, fallout issue, like major fuck over by Big Machine. Um, how Scooter Braun has kind of owned her masters out from under her. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's many points on the album where it's like, this, this definitely could be him. <laughs> but I think... The stolen lullaby line and uh, the home line is very, very interesting for that. To look at the song, like maybe it's not even a breakup. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool to kind of look at a situation like that and then write it from the perspective of a relationship breakdown. So yeah, it's, it's a good one. I really enjoy that you pulled lines because the lines are great, but... I don't know like they just didn't resonate to me throughout this song i just couldn't i don't know i couldn't really like gain any feeling from it which is okay yeah yep yeah well how did the next song resonate with you mirrorball i love it i love this song yeah <laughs> this is gonna be a yeah it's dreamy yeah this is taylor swift shoegaze it totally is also sounds so 90s inspired to me like yes oh, i love the point to the song i love the point to the song too it's about bringing the best out of someone when you're around them but then like the sad part is clearly like this is part of a love triangle like that's what this album was kind of written about and i think you know this right. is the perspective of the other girl you know, she's so in love with this guy she hmm. to be the center of his attention, but she knows she isn't in the back of, you know, in the back of her mind, she knows she isn't the center of his attention. Like there's this relationship that he has with this other woman and she's always remembering that there's that other girl. So that's kind of, well, I'm going to pull a line for you to, to delve into then yeah. um, on that note. This took me a couple listens before I caught it. And then I was like, Oh my God, God, this is actually really sad, but it's like, it's just one of those, everyone has these thoughts growing up. Um, I'm a mirror ball. I can change everything about me to fit in is what she, this girl in the, in the song or this person in the song is, you know, narrating at one point, she says this and it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, That's true. She's like, is that young love? Is that probably is that what kids do before they realize they don't have to do that? Yeah, I mean, oh, that's such a good point. Like this is a school dance. You can't tell me otherwise. Oh my god. It's teenagers, yeah. like that's true. I can 
totally see that now. Now I need to like re-listen to the song now that you said that and like visualize that. It makes it really sad because I had first written down like, oh my God, we're going to see this at like first dance for weddings. Like this is it. And then I heard that line and I was like, oh no, people aren't going to catch this. <laughs> I was like, wait guys, don't, don't choose it. But people do this all the time. There's a lot of artists you'll hear that people come up to them and they're like, yeah, so and like such and such was my wedding song, and they're like, "Yeah, I wrote that about my divorce." Or, mm. uh, "Why would you ever pick that? <laughs> like, I never intended that to be, but like, that's so great for you." But like, oh no! <laughs> oh my god! And then he goes into a very quick bridge that she says something like, "I don't know, the circus was sold," like, and something like, "I'm on the tightrope trying to make you laugh." Like, I think it was metaphorical, but like, I thought it was. I don't know how it sits with me still being in that song. I guess it's like, it's fun, but I just wondered if you had strong feelings. Rodeo clowns mentioned. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I'm still trying everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the rodeo clowns, but I'm still on that tightrope. Yeah, you're right. There are like really interesting. I, I need to like re. I listened to the song. I didn't pay attention to the lyrics as much. I need. Kind of an even toned song, though. Yeah. It's like when I first listened to it, I was kind of like, oh, this is nice, ho-hum. And then it wasn't until I like found like a couple words sparked my ears that I was like, wait, what? And then that's what led me down into this whole thing. But um, this whole thing kind of felt like listening to Turnover. And I love Turnover. But I was like, oh, Taylor Swift heard a Turnover song for the first time. This is what happened. <laughs> like, it's just so even-toned. That's the you made. That's all I could think of. I was like, oh, Taylor Swift wants to be on Run for Cover Records. Okay, I, I understand. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. Well, all right, well. about Seven? Ooh, Seven was a good one. Seven made me think of, like, the song that I'd be singing when you walk into, like, a really beautiful, whimsical shop, but everything in the shop is, like, semi sort of, like, a 90s feel. Like, this had a little bit of a, a 90s feel to me. Yeah. It, like... It, there's another song on here that made me think of a 90s song she thought we'll get to. But yeah, there's uh -huh. definitely a heavy vibe in some of her songs. Like, I really would like to ask Taylor, like, what were you listening to either per before you were yes. or while you were listening or while you were writing this album? Like, I want to know. Another one of those songs that's, like, on the album. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, incredibly masterful in any way but it's also just but it's good it's a good listen yeah yeah it's a i don't want to say it's a filler but it's a filler as i'm just it gonna is. say it. it's a filler it is a filler. <laughs> that's kind of what i was trying to say in like a nice way. it's a filler yeah, it we all we all sometimes albums just need fillers and that's what it is it's fine yeah i thought this song was going to end in child death though so Oh, shit. I'll also throw that one right I, out on I, there i mean i the, the kid she's talking about i was like oh god they're dead they're dead like they're dead it's like i forgot your face but i still have love for you i can kind of see you oh i didn't even pull that yeah damn i think this is just like another great example of how i think taylor really stretches her voice though in yes all sorts of directions but i love this song and actually think of the the kid like the stranger as like a childhood friend she had like one summer that could have been mm -hmm. that could have been like 
a really good friend for her throughout her life. Then she just like never reconnected with this person. But she like, re- yeah, she remembers the summers being like one of the most fun summers of her life. And like wanting to like whisk this person away and like save them from her horrible like home life. But then they just like never reconnected, but she still remembers it. Like that's kind of what I see. Uh, yeah, I got the same thing. Definitely. This, I don't think this is someone who's around anymore. It just, that's yeah. how I feel. This is like when you look back and you're just like, wow, that, that summer is like so formative for me. And like the people in it might not have existed beyond much beyond that summer, but like that summer will always stick in my mind. Um, the childlike interpretation of abuse uh, <laughs> freaked me out, um, but it's true. I, Cause I, just to see it like repre- or to see like it through the eyes of someone like that was uh pretty wild to you know what she says with um I think your house is haunted that's why your dad yeah. is always mad <laughs> that's yeah that was I think a very smart decision to write the song in that way and really play into it fully and tap into those thoughts that um you have mm-hmm. as a kid to try to like make sense of the world for the things you don't understand yeah I this song is really strong for me. It's an interesting one from her. I guess I didn't ever really expect her to write a song like yeah. this. This this surprised me from her. Yeah. I think this was one of those that just made this album different for yeah. me. All right. So what about August? <laughs> so it's so appropriate that we got the song just ahead of August. Uh, it's the catchiest song on the album, hands down. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen on the interwebs a lot of people think this is a cheating song. And um, I don't think it's that. I think it's that part in, like, the YA novel where, like, the two graduating high school seniors finally get together, like, at the end of the summer. And then Mm -hmm. they, like, only have, like, two months to go until, like, one of them goes across the country. And then, you know, they're not going to do long distance. So this is kind of, like, that summer where it's, like, all they have. I definitely get the same vibe. Like, it's a summer lot. And then, and it's, yeah. yeah, totally. It's the summer after the senior year of high school because that line where she's like, are you going to call me when you go back to school? You know? And. Yes. Yeah. It, it struck youth in there right away. Mm-hmm. What's behind the mall though? I want to know. Oh, she's, <laughs> hooking up with him. she's hooking up with him behind the mall. That's what she's doing. She's getting into his car and she's hooking up with him behind the mall. I guess I didn't think of it that way because I just thought of all the malls that we know. And I was like, wow, there's like nothing cool behind any of those malls. I don't really even know if there's like anything behind the mall. Meet me behind, like go to the mall, you drive to the mall and then you meet each other there. And then you're like, okay, we're going to go out back and we're going to hook up in the car. That's what I thought it was, but I don't know. That makes sense. That, that makes sense for like the age range that we're looking at too. This song is another song that reminds me of the nineties. But specifically, it's called Stay by Lisa, maybe it's Lisa Loeb. I don't know. You need- Lisa Loeb, it yeah. It reminds me of that song. The beginning of this song also reminds me of the song Linger by the Cranberries. If you listen to the yes in the song, it is that in the beginning of that song. Wow. I hear it. Yeah, I, I hear it now that you've said that. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Hey, I mean, two very iconic songs about an adult version of what August mm-hmm. is. So that's cool. I wonder I wonder if that 
was kind of um, floating through her headphones, like shortly before she wrote this or when she was writing this album. Interesting. That's how I'm always going to think of those three songs together now. Yeah. Damn. That's a, that's a cool, I, I kind of hope she was thinking of that because I think that's great to know that her, um, like her inspirations were melding at that point. Cause I guess I just wouldn't expect either of those artists to like be at the top of her list in terms of like, I want to write a song like that. So yeah. That's very cool. But hey, we are kind of like in the 90s revival for the last couple of years. So it also, I guess, wouldn't surprise me if she was like, yeah, I've been listening to the Cranberries incessantly. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Even when I think about like the imagery for the album, like what she's wearing, she's wearing like these, you know, grungy boots with like these oversized white dresses and like these big giant like cloak-like jackets and oversized sweaters like it's actually and it's all in black and white and it is kind of 90s yeah that is very true first of all i just feel like this song perfectly captures the way that it feels to be in august right before right before fall there's this feeling that i get every august that's like oh fall is right around the corner and this song (laughs) sort of captures that end of summer feeling so well without even talking about that and just august August sipped away like a bottle of wine is such a beautiful line. Like it seems. Yeah, that's a really nice one. Good. Oh, and it speaks to how enjoyable that month usually is, as well as how fast it goes. Like it really, you kind of get into the swing of summer by August, and then you're like there, and all of a sudden it's like it's September first, and you're like, how did that happen? Yeah. It's so smart the way she does it. This, this yeah. is really- That's one of the strongest lines on that album, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, stand out. For sure. It's so impressive the way that she creates that feeling. Like, she really is. This is actually kind of the song that made me really be like, she's a fucking artist. Like, she created this feeling for you, this, like, sentiment about august in such an incredible way like take the storyline out of the question like just take that out and just think Mm -hmm. the song gives you about like that that i was just like whoa i was blown away by that so yeah that's cool i love that you got that that season that transitional season she's mother earthing Mm you (laughs) well this is me trying (laughs) Um, I have about one sentence written, and that was me trying. That is so funny. <laughs> Tell me what I did the sentence. I'll just literally I'll read it out loud because I don't have much to say for this song. I said, "This is when you go off the rails." Eh, self destruction. That is so funny. I wrote. I will say I've listened to this song the least on the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's about how I it's like uh ah yeah. ah I don't I just nothing. That one didn't even like reach filler for me. Mm, I just mm, that was a throwaway. I'm so sorry, Taylor. I just this one just really missed the mark for me. There is just one line that I did like though. She says they told me Okay. She, she says they told me all my cages are mental. So I got wasted, like all of my potential. I did like that. 
Yeah. Other than that, I'm like, eh. <laughs> so I'm glad that we agree on Slipped away like a bottle of wine. <laughs> Moving on. Illicit affairs. <laughs> How did you feel about this? I can, I can totally feel like the shame slash like guilt of the character mm -hmm. song, and I yeah. really enjoy the imagery at the beginning of her like putting her hood on and like walking through the rain. I just think that was really good and. The character keeps going back to this boy, but knowing she doesn't deserve to be treated that way, but she's kind of also doing it to herself. And, you know, the yeah, the line, look at this idiotic fool that you made me. It's like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of like this really sad, like, realization that she, like, just gave herself to this person fully, but realized she, she was really giving herself to this person and, like, abusing herself in a way you know and then yeah and you know damn well for you i would ruin myself a million little times like she she's like i'm i'm literally like all yours and i have nothing left for myself which it's a strong song i really liked it it is it's a very i think this was one of the stronger like short i guess i'll call them short stories to follow mm. um like, it, it was, like, no question. We know what it's about. I saw it as the guy is the one that's in a relationship and she's kind of going up to meet up with him. And that shame of, like, doing that anyway and she's kind of, like, she's not even the one that's, like, can change anything. And that's why I saw it as, like, the the guy that she's meeting up with is the, definitely the one in the relationship because she's just, like, she's taking what she can get, but she knows she can't change anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really liked the line, what started in beautiful rooms ends with meetings and parking yeah. lots. Because I think it does, like, speak to how, <laughs> how like, <laughs> good of an idea it can sound like at first. And then, like, it's quickly just, like, so messy and scummy and, like, just, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's not glamorous you know, to, that's really funny that to do that. You mentioned that line because that line makes me think of the line. I think it's yeah, it's the line in August when it's like meet me, meet me behind the mall, get in my car. That line makes me think. Mhm. Mm well, I wondered if this was grown up August. Mm, yeah. Is this adult August? Is this like the cheating begins? Right. Cuz like maybe August is kind of a cheating song like that. Oh, it could be. Maybe. So I read it that, like, looking at August as a cheating song, I read it as Illicit Affairs was the adult version of that one. I don't know. When you're young, like, a, like you don't have a space of your own. Like, a parking lot is, like, the, the space of your own or whatever, like, anywhere. But, like, Illicit Affairs, like, you're, you're an adult, like, going to, like, hook up in a parking lot. Like, that's so sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talked about the next two. Yeah, right. There's Invisible String, which follows by Mad Women, and then Epiphany. Epiphany. Epiphany should have been the album closer. I, you know, when we get to the last song in the album, I'll talk to you about how I feel about it. But, um. Okay, that's but fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can see that too. Um. Yeah, it's a powerful one. I really liked it. It's really good. Uh, this song hit me in a way that I did not expect. It's kind of um, hard to talk about, which is funny because it yeah. really says some things 
you just can't speak about. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for what the album is about, which is, like, love, you know, and this, like, tormented love triangle and being the other girl and, you know, this whole thing that we've been talking about. This song, you know, I expected to kind of be like that and then I listened to it and then I listened to it again and then I listened to it again and I just it just kept like bringing up a different feeling for me um just Mm -hmm. just some of the lines really like related to some things (laughs) that I've been yeah I've been going through (laughs) so yeah she got you she really got me oh but but that's like I love that that art does like it evokes so much of a response from you that you feel that way like that's pretty cool yeah i mean i'll just say like this is heavy for the podcast but for those of you who don't know (laughs) like taylor's background her mom has cancer um and she's written about her mom before in other albums and um this song kind of made me think about her mom in a little bit and um, a part of what I'm going through in life, like my dad has cancer. Um, so just like the line, just one single glimpse of relief to make some sense of what you've seen really hit me like a lot. Cause if anybody listening, um, has been through that, especially with like a parent, it's, um, it's a lot. So that's why this song kind of hits me in a different way. And like the lines just really like resonated with me in a way that was really indescribable so that's kind of how I feel about it and that's why it's kind of hard to talk about but yeah that's really interesting though that because I wasn't even thinking about that Mm. like you guys have that connection Mm -hmm. she threw a line out that only some people are going to be able to like view and you are one of those and like and I mean like a physical line like you were able to grab on to what she was extending and I think that's pretty incredible and she didn't even have to say this because I didn't pick that up but I love that you did. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Also, the song is just, like, really ethereal. It's like a hymn. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good way to explain it. I was trying to figure out how, but ethereal is the perfect word. It's it's very, like, it's an experience. It is. Yeah. And that's why I felt like it should be the end. I guess it was so strong to go from, and we can just transition right into it, to go from Epiphany to Betty. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like jarred it is, it <laughs> like, what? A rough transition yeah and yeah I, I that one's it. like i don't think i like it yeah that way i like both songs but i'm like not big on the way that i'm introduced to betty and the way i finish with epiphany i guess yeah it definitely it's like a knife to the gut and then pulling the knife out and like sewing it up and being like moving on bitch you know what i mean like, yes yep so Betty. So move on, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So Taylor said, Taylor Swift on July 24th, 2020, released a song in which she said (laughs) the word fuck. (laughs) And I have not stopped living since she did that. So thank you, Taylor. That's when I really knew we could be friends. Um, like that line strikes more youth into the, like the song and the story. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, these are just kids. Like you throw around like that language when you're a kid so much easier than like when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was like, 
artistic integrity to have that in there. <laughs> I, I literally have in quotes, fuck myself slash I lived. <laughs> this is a nice, a nice uh, story though. I liked this one. I like what everyone seems to think that this might be um, a couple of girls. I think that's mm-hmm. great that now like, people that are outside of the heteronormative structure have some like songs. That's wonderful. Let's give them more. Oh, I read this really great article and it was talking about how this was the lesbian anthem that every young girl, every young gay girl. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. So if you had this in high school, what would it be like for you? Like, would you have been all over Uh, this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, every male relationship I was in, I was crushing on a girl. So it was super relatable to think of it that way because, you know, at my age in high school, there was maybe two or three out gay girls and my wife was one of them, like, and which is hilarious, (laughs) but, um, you know, a lot of it was having these like friendships with people where you were like harmlessly flirting with them, you thought, so you thought you know, and thinking, oh, does this person feel the same way? Maybe I should just go to their house and tell them. And that's totally what this song is, which is just so cute. I love it. I love that. And then we have at the very end, Betty is standing in her cardigan. So we get a reprise Mm -hmm. of cardigan. Which is great. I love that she carries the theme. So I have a question for you. Do you think Betty chronologically happened before or after Cardigan? Do you think, I kind of wonder if Betty happened and then years later, Cardigan is about Betty? Oh, I hadn't thought about it. Um, like thinking about it backwards I, or do you think Betty is a redemption song I think, and she's putting on the Cardigan I think again? Betty is a, a high school song. Like it's a what if song. If I could go back and, and do this thing, I wish I, I wish I could have done it then. And then... Mm-hmm. The cardigan is a oh shit moment where it's like I'm pulling out this memory. Like Betty is the memory. Okay. Betty's the memory and cardigan is her remembering Betty. You know? Yeah. I I I had wondered that. Um because it it seems too happy go lucky to like be the bounce back from cardigan, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, it seems like way too many things happened for, like, the story and the, the feeling of that story and music and Betty to, like, just, like, redeem everything and everything's fine. Like, I don't think that's what happened. Right. So, we have peace. We have peace. Um, I mean, I love how simple this song is. I can imagine how powerful it would be Yeah. reverberating through a quieted stadium, like, the way that she almost... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way that she almost like whispers child in the line, give you my wild, give you my child is so powerful. Like that's such a deep feeling. Like I love you so much. I would bear a child for you. That's intense. And she says it. Yeah. Yeah. That's in a way like she's almost embarrassed to say it, you know, but, but that's how deeply she feels. Yeah, I guess I didn't read it that way. I saw it more of her being, like, so matter-of-fact, like, no question. Mm. Interesting that you got the embarrassment. I'll have to re-listen to that. I feel like the song had a lot of hope. 
like the beginning guitar, it's it's so much hope in that music. That's true, yeah. I liked it though. Yeah, it's a it's like a I'm holding on to something. Yeah. And then the lines that follow that that lyric that's give you the silence that only comes when two people understand each other. Family I chose now that I see your brother mm -hmm. as my brother. That entanglement, that like joining that happens in a relationship is so, so. Yeah, I love that. It's so involved and so intense. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's true. And I think that's, that was like just such a simple sentiment to touch on, but it's like, everything it's not the easiest thing to just be quiet with someone mm -hmm. it's like stronger than any like grandeur declaration yeah. of love it's to the ability to be able to do that is just a testament hmm. all right tell me why you think hoax is a good closer i don't think it's not um but yeah i still feel like epiphany is like the just like, I don't know, that just landed at the end. But yeah, what is it about hoax for I mean, you? Like, okay, looking at it all from a bird's eye view, it really almost is like the stages of grief when you go through a okay. breakup or whatever it is. But you've got anger and mad woman, you've got sadness and hoax and exile. And then there's this denial in the one, and then ending the album with a sad song like hoax just makes it. I think mm -hmm. all more relatable. Like it's, it's, you know, no, not everything is always great and hopeful. I don't, I don't think that that's an expected feeling from Taylor's fans either, which is cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the line stood on the cliffside screaming, give me a reason is a really great. Give me a reason. Yeah. Clearly, you know, this is just another grieving song for a lover who didn't choose her. But, you know, she feels used, she feels discarded, but also longing. And I love the line, no yeah. other sadness in the world would do because it sort of captures this like sick, twisted feeling of like, yeah, I'm heartbroken, but I would rather hold on to this sadness because it's the only thing keeping me close to you. Damn. I didn't pick that up, but that changes a lot for me thinking about it in that way. But what did you think about it? Um, I pulled a line, I pulled the cliffside line, but I also pulled a line that says, your broken drum, you have beaten my heart. Because <laughs> it just was like, I just, I loved that one. I think that is just so like, oh, I've lost. I'm at the end. I think the way she sings it is is very powerful. It's, it is kind of just like very light and airy. Like it's just, you know, you could just like blow her away. Um, I wrote down, like, is this a hopeless mm -hmm. end? And I guess that it speaks to like what you were saying that it is true. Like life doesn't always just like wrap it itself up after every chapter. Yeah. So it is, it, it it is possible to to end all of this with just like, and and you still didn't win because that's what happens right. sometimes. Yeah, I like it though. I think it's a, it's another simple but strong song. Yeah. Like I can hear the melodies in my head talking about it and just the way she sings everything. It's, um, 
Because she, you know, even the way she sings, stood on the cliffside screaming, me, giving, give me a reason. That's a very intense, like, moment. She's ready to throw herself off right. a cliff. Yeah. I think so many of us have been there, too. Like, we've all been like, oh, my God. Like, this feeling is so fucking horrible that, like, literally, I'm just like, come on. Like, tell me why I should even still be here, you know? Right. And I think you're at that point sometimes where it's like, you're just like, yep. This is, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is how it is. And you're not even like, you can't, you don't even have it in you to be angry or upset or anything. You're just kind of hanging on the line. Like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's what this did for me. Yeah. And this song, I mean, actually makes hmm. this, this song in particular is a song that like, to me draws a parallel to the next album we're going to talk about, which like, cause there's oh. that like despair, that like moment. And I'll, I'll relate, I'll relate yeah. it to, to when we talk about the specific song it made me think of, but, um, but I can't, I can't wait to like point that out to you, which is cool. I'm excited. Cause yeah, I have no parallels for this one to the other one. So I'm really excited <laughs> to see what yeah. you say. Okay, so should we should we join yeah. the boys then? <laughs> okay, so um, so we're gonna talk about neck deeps. All distortions are intentional. Tell us what tell us what neck deep. Um, uh, tell us what the boys were were thinking when they wrote this yeah, album. Yeah, so um, you know, in this album in particular, is about a character named Jet who is struggling with depression and feeling hopeless and feeling like a low life, which is literally one of the names of the songs. And he meets someone and falls in love and starts to really work on his mental health and has like hope for the first time in his life. And um, I thought that that was super cool. And I'm so glad that I read that before listening to the songs because it really shared a perspective that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So it's, it's cool. And I talk a lot about the character in my descriptions through track by track, which I'm excited to talk about. So, but yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And they do too. I read, I, so I read an article where they went track through track recently oh, of this. Cool. And um, so I'm kind of curious to see if, if you talk about it the way yeah. they do, because they, they really do like, they're like, and Jet's doing this, and Jet's doing this, and now this has happened to Jet. Um, so it is pretty cool. I think an interesting thing about Neck Deep is they've never shied away from talking about mental health. They've always been um, involved with one of the organizations in that music scene. They're called Hope for the Day, and they're just very big on, like, it's okay to not be okay is, like, one of their biggest uh, kind of sentiments out there. Um, and... I think that is just such a still it's be it's unbecoming a taboo subject. So I love that, you know, these like heavy hitters of pop punk are talking about mental health issues are knee deep, are neck deep in it. They're neck deep in it, (laughs) (laughs) but it is so important. And I'm glad that they kind of realize that their audience as well as everyone else in the world goes through that. So I, I love that they can kind of be relatable about, these things. And they're like, these are things we go through too. So I think it's a shared perspective um, from band to listener. Mm -hmm. And I I love that they wrote a, uh, 
a rock opera about this. this. Oh my gosh, this is so true. So give me your your first impressions when you listen to the album after you read about Uh, it. So my first impressions, I mean, I typically, you know, on a day-to-day basis, what I listen to music-wise definitely is not on the same plane as Neck Deep. So I, mm-hmm. but I still appreciated it. Like at the end of the album, I was like, oh, okay, like, whoa. You know, sometimes I hear a type of music and I'm automatically like, nope, not in the mood for that. And that's kind of, I would yeah. put Neck Deep in that album, or sorry, in that category. And sure. Um, I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make, which is why this, why this discussion, why this podcast, why, you know, dissecting an album is so important in a way because you're connecting with music that you wouldn't normally connect with. So that was kind of my first impression overall. Um, but the, there are really, really amazing parts of this album that I really enjoy. And I actually enjoyed the music videos more than I did Taylor Swift's. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I realized that when I was like compiling everything, because um, I was on visuals duty this, this week. So um, I realized how much material they had. And like, I think they really took a shot at trying to do as much as they possibly can. Um, I'll tell you that I do know there was more plans for like videos right after they filmed Low Life because that was filmed outside of this pandemic. Mm. And then there was like plans to do other things. So I almost wonder if we would have gotten more of the world of Jet and Alice if um, if this wasn't happening. Yeah because they quickly had to pivot and kind of fill the space. And they did a video that was like a, a fan um, submittable. So like there was a bunch of people holding like art and signs and that was really cute. And I think that's great. And it kind of marks the time, the time period we're in, you know, we've seen a few artists do this yeah. and I think that's okay. I don't think it's cliche yet. I think it's like, yep, you were one of those bands that had to work on <laughs> releasing a record during a time where it's just impossible to like, do your usual standard. So how are you going to handle that? So I thought they handled it well. I liked that there was um, some appearances by the members. They got some other like band friends in there. So there were some of the guys from State Champs. There were some of the Simple Plan guys. So it was kind of fun. It was just like, hey, we're stuck in the same situation you guys are. So let's all just like make the best of this together. So I liked that. They did the video for... Uh, fall that was you know some uh, footage that they already had from past tours clipped together and then I thought the video for Sick Joke was really interesting and I kind of wanted to get your idea on that um, in terms of we watched two artists be limited by doing mostly things on a green screen and I think one of them did really well and one the other one was just okay you really enjoyed this video but this is the one video by them that I actually really was like bored with Ah, okay. That's fair, though. I mean, it definitely isn't the best. And I think when you're limited by green screen, it's like so hard to get that. I just like, I thought there was some effort put into it that 
maybe Taylor was lacking. So, I mean, the construction and animation and graphic design of the video is great. But, like yeah. I said, I was honestly, by the middle of it, I was a little bored because I was like, okay, like, okay, we're doing the same thing. But I thought that, like, the construction of it was good. But it honestly, it also reminded me, do you know that music video, um, I mean, obviously you do the music video from Newfound Glory, all, it's all downhill from here. Yes. Oh, did you feel like the animation? Yeah, I can see that. It reminded me of that video. Hmm, that like chunky and animation. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, like that made me think of this, but I, I still was just like, okay, like is anything else going to happen yeah. in this video or is it just going to be like panning in and panning out of each person in the band playing in a different section of this house? Like that, that's all that it was. Right. Yeah. But, so I guess, tell me how you felt about low life then. <laughs> so with, Cause that, I thought that was a great like story and that's where I'm, I'm like, Oh, what could have yeah. been if they could have continued that? I, I really, really enjoyed this video. First of all, the colors were in, Mm -hmm. anything from like the buildings that they were walking from walking past to the like the girls eye makeup like everything was so vibrant in those scenes yeah i really enjoyed the contrast between those scenes of the guy and the girl like kind of like walking around the city to the band playing in this sort of like 80s vibe that I got from what they were wearing and like the fuzziness of it. So it was a really cool, yeah, it was a really cool contrast between both scenes. What I didn't really understand was like the meld of them both. Like, I kind of wish that I had more story from the guy and the girl. Like, I wish the whole same, them. like, I don't need to see the band. yeah, you're gonna give me a separate storyline, give me the separate storyline. I don't need both. Yeah, I didn't quite understand what was happening with the um, the talk yeah, show. I didn't either. I mean, I enjoyed at the end when they kind of like started destroying everything. Like that was sweet. Um, yeah, and it was like funny to see. Okay, they're watching them on TV, so like there's your connection. But like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, that was like the weird part for me. I was like, well, what? The guys are on a talk show. Like, what are they? Why? Who is this talk show guy? Yeah, like, it was. But I think it was more interesting to follow Jet and Alice around. But yeah, I wanted to see more of them. Like, I wanted to see that relationship. And what I really actually liked the most is that you couldn't tell if they were together or if they were just good friends, yeah. which I liked. Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just, like, super, I agree. Super romantic thing. It was just them, like, crashing a weird-ass Alice in Wonderland party and, like, <laughs> With a bunch of old people. It was great. But yeah, that, that definitely, this, this was, music video was my favorite one that they put out. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like, yeah, this is, this is where they had the most ability to physically world build. And then all of that got taken away. And I, I'm like, uh, what could have been and, or what's to come? But I liked like, <sighs> what they did with when, you know, was so wholesome. Like, Video yeah, pulling footage from people all around the world that probably submitted videos of themselves for this for this song for this music video. I you know that concept. A lot of people have done it, um, but mm -hmm. I 
I really enjoyed the way that they did it and just being able to see the diversity, the diversity yeah. of people who listen to Neck Deep and like. Yeah, I did like that. All ages, all yeah. kinds of people. That was kind of fun to come together in that yeah, way. Cool. Yeah, I thought, yeah, theirs was definitely one of the better done so far of what we've mm-hmm. seen for the, the quarantine. We'll call them the quarantine videos. <laughs> um, so should we jump into um, the actual world of Sonderland? Oh, do it. <laughs> it kicks off with Sonderland. Yeah. The, ti- uh, the not the title track, but the the title of the world that they're calling this is called Sonderland. So it kicks off with Sonderland. Yeah. And um, did you see what I sent you about the the definition they made yeah. up? It's so the definition that they made up, and I did a little Google, but I couldn't really find this word. So maybe it exists, or maybe they just made it up. But it means a profound world where which you realize that everyone, including strangers passing you in the street have a life as complex as your own, where they are constantly living despite your personal lack of awareness of them. I love that. I think that's so uh, funny to think about, like, yeah, I pass people all the time and I don't think about, like, all of their problems. (laughs) Yeah, that is an actual thing. Like, Sonder is, that's the definition of what Sonder is. Oh, okay. Which is really cool. And I kind of felt... Like, this was the perfect song for everything that was going on during quarantine. And, like, every single person is kind of going through this together. So it brings you... Which is funny because they wrote this outside of quarantine. Yeah. (laughs) This, like, this was conceived so far away from when we even knew this was going to happen to the world. But it it is perfect. It really brings you this sense of belonging with the world. Like you're all going through it. You're literally all quarantined at home. And that that's wild that they had, you know, obviously no idea that this was going to happen, but it ended up being so relevant. So yeah. It's just awesome. I mean, these strange times that we live in and I love the line, everyone here is a nightmare. Cause how could you yeah. not? That's really um, profound that they wrote this before. Cause there is so much imagery about, um, and like language about like re- repetitive lifestyles breaking you down. Wow. There was an Easter egg in this song. Um, it took me, like, I only heard this a couple days ago and I don't know how I didn't hear it sooner. Um, so they have a line in the song that says, would God be the next big thing if you heard her on the radio? Um, and that's, a hundred percent, a callback to the "She's a God" single they released last uh, last yeah. summer. Okay. I thought that was so funny that they included whoever is this God. Um, they they included her on Sonderland. Like that's hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. That's the only other song that I that I know by Neck Deep. Well, now obviously I know this whole album, but <laughs> that was the only other song because I know that that's like one of your favorite songs by them. I was so happy to see it brought back in that this way. That is so funny. I did, obviously, I did not catch that. But that is really cool that they included that in here. Yeah, it was a nice way to do that. So clever. And now I hear it. But, like, I definitely didn't hear it before. But now I hear it so clear. So cool. Um, and then we have Fall. I think the transition to the song is A+. <laughs> <laughs> A plus. It's just like, oh my God, it just like 
picks you up in Sonderland and just like gently places you down onto a skateboard and fall and then just like pushes you into the mm-hmm. city. The song reminds me of you so much. Yes. Does it? It just reminds <laughs> me of like how you love Boston and how you so beautifully articulate like the parts that you love so much. And I can envision you like dressed up for a show, headphones in, listening to this song, walking down to like the House of Blues, like waiting to go see someone. Um, like this is written for you. This that song makes me feel like that. That movement around the city on a really good night out, like something exciting is about to happen. You're like you're en route. You're you're yeah. ready. It, it's yeah. It has a really good pace to it. It's a perfect filler it's song. So, there we go. So I don't even know that I would. Yeah. Because it's like, it stands no? out on its own, I think. Because this song doesn't relate really to anything else on the album. So it's a standout song to me. I That's true. That- yeah. I guess it's supposed to be Jets, like, going out to the city and having a wild time and just, like, normal for him, though. Right. And then he like meets Alice at the end of this song. So I guess that's like how they were thinking about it. Oh yeah. But you, you go out and you're self-destructive. I also feel like it was sort of a love song written for the city. Yes. And that's how I first heard it. So I agree with you. Um, it, Cause it is, it's just like, there's just movement. This is what movement sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I agree. And then we have low life. So this was the first song that they released. Um, so this is kind of like what everyone heard in terms of like new neck deep, right. um, which I think is interesting because it's, I think the song is so unlike everything else on the album, except for maybe Sonderland. Yeah. You're definitely right. It's a standout. It is. <laughs> also, this song gave me major Motion City vibes. I don't know. I don't know if that's. <laughs> yeah, because it's fun and it's youthful and it's like. There's literally a line that's like, maybe I'll see you in hell. And can't you hear Justin Courtney yes. here singing that? Like, a song that would have been on Commit This to Memory. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's that you can almost see like Jet and Alice listening to Commit This to Memory as they like bop around yeah. the city. I think this is also my favorite song on the album, but yeah. Wow. Okay. I think it's the most fun song on the it's album. Fun. The writing is like, it's just so good. And I love how he turns vacancy into vacant C in the song. <laughs> yeah. Great like, <laughs> words that he uses. And I just, I thought it was so smart. Yeah. This song is like pop punk whimsical. It's like a whimsy on the, re- like the rebellion kind yeah, of thing. Well, it makes me think of millennials versus boomers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're a normie, so fucking boring. (laughs) I catch this vibe from customers all the time at work where, like, all the time people literally say, like, you millennials, like, waving their fingers at me. And (laughs) that's exactly what this song is to me. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking glare. And now you can yell, you're a normie, back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, I also love telling stories. I think this was a really interesting song. Um, we get a really big Emily in the beginning, which I was super excited to be like, Emily, you got to yeah. listen to this. <laughs> and it's like, I think Emily in the song is actually a therapist, but. 
<laughs> it makes sense because she's like the voice of like societal yeah. reason in the way that she's like, I do these healthy things and I love my life and I love my yeah. job. Um, like kind of like preaching to, to Jet, like, you need to try this. And he's just like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah he's like she likes her job and she likes being healthy and she says it's good to take care of yourself but that's what she says (laughs) yeah i i mean obviously we talked about this but i love like the theme of mental health in throughout just throughout this whole album yeah you know just talking about like have you ever felt lost in the window it's a perfect line to describe like daydreaming without saying daydreaming that's such a good line 10 years waiting at the bus stop. I loved that. It was just like, I got a sense of that line was like, oh my God, my life is like flown by and I have, I still haven't even like figured it out yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Like, oh shit. Like I haven't done anything for 10 years. I'm not where I wanted to be. Yeah. I feel like this is a very classic neck deep song. Um, Like this is, if kids were disappointed with what they got, out of this compared to their old stuff, telling stories is the one that like would redeem it for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is just like classic. This one didn't surprise me at all. It it was it made me very happy, but it didn't surprise me. Yeah, that's cool. I and again, I don't have a way to relate it, so that's that's nice. That you know, it can be hard when an artist that you really value and love puts out an album where you're like, whoa, this is totally different. And you're kind of like expects expecting that same vibe, but you don't get it. So cool that you mm-hmm. that you feel that way about the song. Yeah. I think it's nice to have at least a glimpse of that. And that might be like for anyone that's hesitant, that might be the hand holding that they need mm-hmm. to get into this. So I think this is going to be a fun one live. I'm excited for when that eventually happens. I would, now, you know, what's really funny is I feel like I would appreciate them so much more now after like. Yeah. I was thinking about that, that you'll have to come with us and uh, kind of see it for yourself. Cause it is the energy is they're one of the ones that's just like unparalleled yeah. for me. It's wild. I bet it is. <laughs> but yeah, I would love it. Like, and just wait, count on seeing them when things are safe, they're going to come back yeah. around and we'll go see this in person. But I think telling stories is going to be one of those songs where the crowd is just like frenzy. Like it's just going to be fun and a mess in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that with the song. All right. So then we have When You Know. So When You Know. This is such a cute love song. And it's like. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's about working on yourself and being better for the person you're with and for yourself which i love yes it's so like effortless in the way that it's like i guess effortless isn't the word it's it's like way more real and i i really appreciated having a love song like that where it's like yeah these feelings are so intense and that's magical in itself but like this is real and this is what it feels like to like really fall in love and really like just be with the person you love. Yeah, I. So many lines in this song. I mean, make peace with your demons and hope that they leave you I alone. Down, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, Incredible. And just following that line and make peace with your feelings. Admit there's a reason you're not letting go. Like that's that's really intense because I feel like sometimes a lot of the time a lot of people tend to hold on to the sadness and 
it's yeah. so important to realize like oh like there's a reason I'm still here and like hold on to that instead you know so yeah that was such a strong important statement about finding that hope and like fighting to be here and finding that positive what did you think about the line that's repeated many times sunshine we don't belong here we got no flowers to grow I feel like he like the character jet he's referring to that mental state of like I'm so happy with my life like there's no room for this darkness like we need mm-hmm. to take like I need to take my darkness somewhere else like we don't there's no room to be happy if I'm still holding on ah what did you hear I kind of wondered if this is for like one of those times where you fall in love, except like you're not supposed to fall in love or you're like, oh, we shouldn't have fallen in love. Mm. This complicates everything. I wondered if it was that, but I, I didn't think of it from what you were saying either. And I kind of like that way as well. Yeah. I can see your side of it too. Like, oh, I'm in such a shit time in my life and I like still haven't figured myself out. Like now would not be the time to fall in love. which always is the way it is right like that's that's kind of like the sentiment the universal sentiment of love everyone's like when you're you find it when you're not looking for it and you know sometimes people are like oh my god (laughs) i I didn't have time for this to happen to me Hmm. yeah so i'm interested to hear what you think about Corey because you started to tell me um (laughs) late uh before that you had really strong feelings about yeah. it. Yeah. First of all, I have to share that this song is what I related hoax to from the Taylor Swift song, the Taylor Swift album. Oh, okay. Standing at a cliffside. And then I think about her like looking down to a quarry. Oh, oh yeah. my God. We have actual. Wow. Yeah. We have imagery. Yes. So I, that's the connection I made there. Um, and it's really the sentiment is similar. Because in this, yeah. in this song is kind of like the middle of the album. on The the middle of the Neck Deep album. Where there's such a different tone. Yeah. And splits here. Right? There's this high, high, high. Yes. I'm getting better. Everything's great. I met this girl. I'm on like the riding this high right now. I'm good. I'm like making a difference in my mental health. And then there's just this full stop. Like, nope, it's still here. And that's what this song is. And it's like as if the character has reverted back to his original depressive state, which to me, like, no one but yourself can get yourself out of that state, not even the girl that you love, which I think is a really important life lesson in this Yes. This is such a quick song. It's so, so short-lived, but I love how it it almost sounds a little, like, rapish at the end when he's saying that that's S-T-R-E-S next to S. That's the root of it all and that stress. I love the, um, the style that he's, like, singing that in. It's, like, super rappy in a way, but... Yeah, they were talking about that. They were, like, laughing because they were, like, oh, no, like, someone said Ben was rapping on the album. And they're, like, yeah, we didn't really know what that was, but it definitely was some sort of, like, 
intentional spoken word thing. Yeah. There's nothing else on the album that sounds like that either. So it was really smart. But also Yeah, it was a it was a very quick break, like a treat. <laughs> yeah. And when we talk about imagery in folklore, there's a lot of imagery in this album and he he does mention Corey again in Little Dove. So we'll talk about that. Yes. Yes, good. Because I have that down too. Okay, good. But, so we have sick joke. Yes. It's okay. It's not <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of my favorites. Yeah, it's not one of my favorites. I mean, even, I heard this song, yeah, they released the song in the video. This was one of the ones, like, we got before the album came out, and I was like, well, okay. Like, it's, it's, it's good, but I don't know. There are some fun parts. I think it's definitely just another, like, depressive song. So yes. one after the other, but this one's a little bit more upbeat. So, but yeah, you're, you're right. Like, it's good. It's good. It's a filler. Yeah. But when you said what you said about Corey with kind of the album leading up to like such a high and then Corey is your crash, mm -hmm. that made me think of Sick Joke. Is Sick Joke like literally like, are you serious? I still have to deal with this. And like. Yeah this other big part of my life is lined up. Like, is this a sick joke? Like, so now I'm looking at it like that and I'm like, Hmm, maybe I don't hate it as much. <laughs> yeah. 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 I definitely do feel like this is, this is the next after that crash. Um, I also, I do really like the line. Don't wake me up. It's the best I felt in weeks. And to be completely honest, mm. I'd rather be happy, ha happily dead or asleep. And like, it's so true when you're depressed, you just like want to sleep. You don't want yeah. to wake up and face the day. So it's just a very true and honest song. But, but yeah, it is yes. just sort of like a follow-up to, to Corey. Like, okay, come on. It's like, yeah. the way you <laughs> described it was really, was perfect. I did like the line, someday I'll find you like an old key to a locked door though. I thought that was a really good line. Mm, that is a good line. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even pull that out. Yeah. So, what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is another upswing in the character's mood. Yes. You know, he's out of a depressive state. He's feeling hopeful about his new relationship. But then I do kind of have a problem that contradicts what happened in um, When You Know, which is he's kind of saying in this song that he's basing his mental state off of his relationship which is dangerous yeah and maybe that's like just a a note to the backslide of you know someone getting back into that habit yeah because there's a line that says you make me significant you are significant right and that's like it's like such a nice like what a nice thing to say to someone but like if you're actually dealing with um like codependency issues yeah. are like, you know, needing to like use a human band-aid. Yes. That becomes a very like dangerous line quick. I agree. Like dangerous language. That's exactly how I feel about it. It's like, it's amazing to feel loved and be loved and be in a relationship, but you can't find your soul happiness in other people. You know? Yeah. I mean, other than that, this song is super cute, but yeah i thought it was kind of interesting to look through it um with a platonic lens except for the like the oh kiss me line in the beginning yeah if you take that out 
it could really be used for just strong relationships, which I kind of liked. Because I really do love the line, you make me significant, you are significant. Yeah. Um, under the right context, I thought it was kind of cool that you wrote a love song that looked at using language that was just not like I'm in love with you. It was like mm-hmm. it found a different way to say that. And I, I respected that song for this. I can feel the adoration that this character has for his girl, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just have, you know, opinions, I guess. <laughs> You're right, though, because we know, well, we know they're, like, struggling. We know he's struggling. Yeah. So we kind of, like, go into this as, like, the reader knows that the main character, like, shouldn't be doing this. The main character knows they shouldn't be doing this. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Empty house. What do you feel? I wrote down, is this a ballad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, on the note of like the mental health theme, I loved the line. Is it hope? Is it love? Do we talk? Is it therapy? How, like, unsexy is it to throw therapy into a song? That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Like, I love that they did that. I have. And it, it normalizes it, too. I wrote down, is it hope? Is it love? Is it time? Do we just need space? Which I thought was interesting. Mm. And, like, right before that is, but what is it going to take just to feel okay? Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, it's a, it's a love song, but at the same time, it's just, like, I'm so fucking lost and a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I like that they normalize, like, solving the problem in healthy ways, though. I think that's great. Um, And it's it's interesting, because you usually don't hear it that way, like, at all. You hear, like, our love will transcend everything, or I hate you forever, this is over. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's great that they have lyrics about, like, working on it and, like, what does that look like in real time? Yeah, it is important. I mean, if you're going to, if you're with somebody who struggles with mental health, like it's a, it's a two way street. Like you gotta be prepared to help us help somebody with that. And you also have to ask for help. So it is an important relationship and partnership to form so yeah, it is good that they're showing it in a positive light, not just like, oh, I'm depressed, I fucked it up, and now it's over, you know? So that's cool. Right. Um, yeah. I was going to share that this song reminds me of Miss You by Blink-182. It's like got that soft, like, delicateness. Hmm. It does. Yeah. I also love That's that. an interesting parallel. They were on tour with Blink-182 last summer. They were? So that's a very interesting, yes. That's a very interesting parallel. I love the end of the song where he's basically, like, screaming about how he loves his girl so much, though. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely builds and it sweeps up. Like, the energy kind of, like, starts slow and low and then just, like, sweeps you up in a swirl. Um, Yeah, which is a good transition into the next song. Oh, I love. (laughs) So this was my album gem. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Little Dove is oh, yeah. absolutely my album gem. I forgot to ask you. Yeah, what is yours? Have we passed it? Uh, mine is definitely Corey. Okay. Yeah, it's just I can see the, that. Yeah, the transition like that, like full stop, is so good. I I feel like it's a really, really, really thought provoking, feeling provoking song. I I didn't expect to happen at all uh, on mm-hmm. this album, like just from listening to it. So that was my gem. But yeah, perfect. It's it is. It warrants it. It's a. I think the more that we've talked about it now. I'm like, I liked Corey, but I'm I'm just like, there's more that I have to investigate with it. So I'm glad it's your gem because it, it's making it like more important for me to look for more in it. And I already I already saw so much, but yeah. All right, so talk. Well, to little me. dove. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so lovely. It's so lovely. Um, I literally wrote down, oh geez, I love this song. <laughs> Um, I just, this is so like beautiful that it's reflecting on like, okay, we have to fix something, but I feel so positively about you. And I feel so like so much, like we can move forward and do this and like, it's going to be okay. It's such a good, like feel good. Like, okay, we're going to get through this song. It's almost like he's telling her, he's telling her like, I'll be here and I love you, but also like, I might get depressed sometimes. And the song is like, it's the song is like, like a thank you note for sticking by him. Oh, that's a nice way to package it up. Yeah. And then the line, the line, I'll be diving down a depth into this old quarry. Yeah. Like directly to the, I love that this is your gem. And my gem is Corey. I know. That's funny that they're linked. And I think that was such a great way to reference Corey again. And it's like, what a, it could suck and it's the reality of it, but like what a healthy thing to like kind of make space for that part of your mental health. Like, you know, you're going to go through these, these times and these patches. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, he's like open Mm -hmm. about it. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a, I just, I don't know how they wrote this song. This is like, I mean, they're capable of like fantastic artwork and that's not what I mean, but like, wow. They wrote like (laughs) a song that should be played under like a starry night. That's what Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I have hard eyes for the song. Like I have just like a hard eye emoji. (laughs) I love it. Okay, and then we've got I Revolve Around You. Um, so the space theme. I love that. Yeah, me too. And the, and the music video, I didn't... So I have a thing with animation. Like, sometimes it kind of freaks me out. And as soon as I started mm-hmm. watching the video, I thought it would freak me out. But it was actually so well done. It was. I was I was really impressed. It, it was a, kind of like a 90s uh, cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I love this song and I loved the song when it came out on its own, but I really love this song in the context of everything. Yeah. I also feel like this song is like classically pop punk as I would describe it, but I agree with you. Yeah. It's, it's like structurally right in line with what you'd expect, but it works perfectly. Yeah. 
the line, um, we drift like lonely planets and we feel like whole moons. Like, but just, but like satellites drawn to your gravity, I revolve around you is just so good. Yeah, it's so beautifully like looked at. And I guess like, I thought it was interesting because there's another throwback that I wonder if they even realized or not. Um, and she's a god. There's a line that's like her eyes are like solar flares, like planets in a solar flare or something. Yeah. And then we see the space theme kind of pop up so heavily again. We know that this god, this female god character, is also a character in this universe. I'm just curious if um, if there's some sort of like really spacey thing that they just didn't mention being a big part of Sonderland or like maybe they didn't even need to mention it, but is space like a big environmental character in this world? Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thought. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they don't talk about it at all in like the description. No, but maybe they don't even realize that. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I wonder. Like, is this subconscious or was this like, yeah, of course everyone's kind of um, spacey. I mean, I know you didn't love the video for uh, Sick Joke, but there was a little bit, I don't know if you caught, like, I think it was kind of at the end where they, you realize they're on like a planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe there is more to this space thing, like intentional thought than what they, they're saying, but there just seems to be a lot of space. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. I'm in the, I love in the music video where she's like, the girl character is like playing around with all these like alien animals and he's like taking pictures of her. I just think that's like yes. so endearing. <laughs> I thought that was one of the best like moments in the video. Yeah. Cause it is just like, it's so relatable to like people now, like, haha, take this funny picture of me. That's what you do in relationships. It was really well done. It just coincided yeah. so well with the, with that song and i i really like that this is the last song the album like i think ending it it's not there's one more what is it pushing daisies did i not did you miss the last song did i really miss that how is that possible (laughs) you were like i'm done i revolve is just so good Oh my God, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So that's your homework to just like feel it out. I'll tell you how I felt about it. And then you can take, (laughs) you were like, I, it's, I get it. I revolve. I'm yeah, we're finished. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a song that they finished with called pushing daisies. Um, I think it's the perfect closer. I kind of think that you'll agree with it. There was, um, there's like a little three song triptych that I just feel like little dove. I revolve and pushing daisies are just like so good. And I'm glad they were placed together in that order. Um, and it's just like, it's a, just a quick little song about your acceptance of your place in the world. So if you're looking at it through the characters lens, it's like Jet and Alice are just like, yep, this is our world. And this is, who we're going to be and our struggles are going to deal with. And there's some lines about like not being able to change the world, but being able to change your world. Mm -hmm. And I really loved that sentiment. And I thought it was such a great like note to leave the audience off with as like a relatability factor. It's like go forth into the world and live your life and 
You know, you can't change the world, but you can change your world. Yeah, classic. It's a classic pop punk song. It's another one of those, like, yeah, like, the structure is, like, something familiar, um, but it works perfectly. So, yeah, take a listen. <laughs> oh, my God. So embarrassed. I'm sorry that I didn't. <laughs> You're fine. I think that's so funny that... I, I get it, though. I Revolve is such a, like, like close the book. <laughs> well, on the next episode, I'll have to talk about that song. That's really funny. <laughs> oh. Wow. wow. So we did it. <laughs> In my eyes, that's how the album end, ended. Sorry, everybody. Um, you know, the name of Pushing Daisies, Fuck Yourself. <laughs> but yeah i mean i overall i really enjoyed this album i will definitely revisit it for sure it's definitely like i have a newfound like just respect for them as artists and musicians and the album in general and so it's cool like i'm i feel more i feel closer and more connected to them as I love that. I I also want to know, like, just over time, I'm curious to kind of see as you probably branch out and explore some of their other material, like, what your thoughts on that are. So I'm glad that you feel like you've made a connection, like you've built a bridge to them. Yeah. Also, I feel the same way about Taylor, too. Like, yeah. now I'm like, I want to go back and listen to some of these things and, like, maybe hear some things I didn't before. <laughs> tell each other what our next album is. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So what do you what do you got for me? I'm gonna give you "Women in Music Part 3 by Haim, which came oh, out, which came out June 26, 2020. Okay, so okay. So another very recent album. Yeah, and like I haven't done a lot of exploration of this album either. I been listening to songs that they've released before they released the whole album so mm -hmm. those are the songs more familiar with but um as a whole i haven't done that much exploration of it so it'll be cool okay so i'm going to give you um i'm gonna give you lovely little lonely by the main okay cool that's amazing i'm writing it down right now I'm excited awesome. to explore that because I know that's like a super big one for you and you really love yes. that album. Yeah. There's a lot and to then, talk about, so I'm excited to see how you feel. I'm excited to jump into Haim because I've really only heard like a song or two. I've liked what I've heard, but I've just never explored. So I'm really excited for you. Cool. All right. All right. Well, I will obviously talk to you and we will see what the next podcast brings. Perfect. All right. You have homework and I have homework, so let's get to it. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Records. Editing and music by Emily McLeod and artwork by Jen Evans.